We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. It feels like Miami. Welcome to the Heat Beat Post Game Show. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and not with me today is Brian Goins. He is employed. He has work. But instead, we have people who are not working right now can give you live reaction after the game. Our trash tweeter, Jack Alfonso. Hey. And we have our 2K coach, Frankie Garcia. Unemployed gang gang. Let's go. I'm actually employed as of yesterday again. Let's go. I have flexible schedule, so I was like, I got, I got work, I got, a, I got heapy tomorrow. I can't, I can't come in. I got to watch basketball. <laughs> uh, he take two zero lead against a gutsy win in Indiana. The Heat got two at Indiana uh, as the five seed. That's that's real gutsy for them, you know. Going into a hostile environment like that, seeing all those sad fans really made me happy. Oh, road warriors, <laughs> road warriors, completely. Road warriors, what would they say. struggled on the road in the regular season? 
came playoff time. It's time to turn it on. Win, go two and zero. Let's go. That's big time. Yeah, it's That's nice that they time. didn't get that Indianapolis flu. You know, that crazy nightlife, those clubs. Oh my God, you know, it's a lot. all the distractions. You know? Every time you go to Indianapolis, it's you just know. Especially with a young team like this, like you have Tyler and Bam and Duncan, right? You got a lot of young guys on that team that would want to enjoy the indie nightlife and all that. You know, there's so much happening in Indiana, especially, you know, in the summertime. You know, there's lots to do. It's not even cold. And, and man, way to, go, way, way to get it out. Wait, gutsy win. That's discipline. Gutsy that's win. leadership. Listen, that's it's leadership. Culture. That's heat culture. That that's is culture. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much in this game. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever watched a more relaxed series. Uh, like I, I'm not nervous. I mean, maybe with the big three, you know, there were so many stakes that even if they were to lose a game, you know, you don't even want the embarrassment of losing a game. I have, I watched this Pacer team and I'm like, they, they, I mean, they early outplayed the heat in the first half and, uh, it didn't matter. They were like tied the whole time. It just didn't matter. Like the heat are just so much better than Indiana. They could do nothing. Uh, we mentioned this last time. They didn't really work to get Duncan Robinson going early this, this game, Three for three within like the first minute and thirty seconds, and uh, what was Duncan like? Seven for eight from three. Yep. Yeah, twenty four yep. points on eight shots. Just fucking ridiculous. He's absurd. He was... I, I think yeah. it's crazy that like, you just you just can't keep him down, and that's what's I think going to be like particularly special about playoff Duncan Robinson as opposed to like regular season Duncan Robinson, where it's like, yeah, I think a team can like scheme well for him and pressure him and I think we saw that with the first game a little bit I thought the Pacers did a good job on Robinson but it totally doesn't matter in a seven game series like he is going to break free like he's inevitable he's going to start hitting shots at some point and there's just no scheming for it there's no I mean we'll see with like the Raptors the Raptors have done a great job on him but like I think in a seven game series like there's no keeping him down for multiple games. Like he bounces back and he bounces back hard. So like, I don't even think Indy did too much in the first game. I thought a lot of that was self-inflicted that they, he just weren't running stuff for him. I said last show that they ran a lot of high pick and roll with Goran and Bam as the screener kind of leaving Duncan in the corner and they weren't really going to him as much. Whereas this game, they were running a lot more action through Bam. And therefore that's, that's kind of like what Duncan feeds off of. With with a team like Indiana and even Milwaukee, I'm kind of interested like in how they're going to counter that because what Toronto did was put OG Ananobi on Bam, which allowed him to kind of switch those screens or really put pressure on the ball. You need a guy that can both defend Bam and that could switch on to Duncan that can deny passes. You need like you need personnel that can do a lot of different things on defense while also being able to contain Bam. And that's like, I mean, Giannis may be the only guy on the Bucks that can do that. And I don't really know if they want Giannis to do that instead of kind of coming to help. So, like, if you, I mean, just the fact that you have that decoy to take someone's best defender out of a play is enormous. Yeah, Depot was guarding him and it didn't matter. You don't know, Depot's not all defense, all NBA Depot, all star Depot that he was before, but he's still a very good defender and it didn't matter. Duncan was able to, to, have him trail on screens the whole time and Duncan's so big that it doesn't matter if Depot is there in time he's only 6'4", Duncan's 6'8", 6'9", and the release point is way too high, it's not going to bother him 
that's the other thing. It's like if you have smaller guy, like you know, if you have a lot of teams might ha- try to have a smaller, worse defender on Duncan because you know they want to keep their bigger guys to contain dribble drives. He can just shoot over you. And the thing when Bam and him do that little DHO play, Bam's such a good screener that you have to jam yourself in between Duncan moving really fast and Bam's big body. And it, it's really tough to get over those screens. That's why a lot of teams to op under it. And I mean, few guys can, I mean, Bledsoe is a guy that's really good at kind of getting over screens and staying with it. Indiana just has nobody and Depot as good as he is, just no chance. I mean, the, the heat were getting every shot they wanted. They were getting to the free throw line whenever they wanted. Uh, Jimmy didn't have to go off. Jack, you and I were talking, man. This Jimmy Butler three-point shooting thing is so funny. It's crazy. I mean, what what is he, four for five in the playoffs now? He's made over 12% of his threes the whole year in the past two games. Is that true? You told me yeah. that. And I did, I, is that that's factual? He's only made He only made 29 regular season three-pointers. He made four in the past two games. So He was saving them. He was yeah. saving his VC for the playoff time. Is this is this like a Dwayne Wade s shooting thing that you know like he's hot like is every season oh Dwayne worked on his three and then like he'll come crashing to earth? It's definitely a Dwayne Wade type thing. We were talking about this where like all the shots he's making are complete BS. Like they are not like spot up open threes. They're just like bailout or like end of end shot, of shot or like cl- clutch <laughs> off balance. Like the most ridiculous stuff. Like where he's like double clutching and like. Yeah, I mean, it's totally a Dwayne Wade type thing where it's just he's making these on pure force of will. No skill is involved. It's just like will to win is forcing that ball in. It's beautiful. It's great. <laughs> it's fun. It's so funny, too, because he talks so much shit right after. Like, in your face, you can't guard me. <laughs> Yo, I hate he that guy at the rallying. park. I hate that guy in the park. The park guy that you know is a dog shit shooter, and he's in it. You're mad. Fuck you. <laughs> He's just throwing him up and just like staring at that ball until it goes in. And, he and must be so it. annoying to play against. I mean, imagine if you're TJ Warren. Imagine TJ Warren has to go home and be like, man, this guy's kicking our ass. <laughs> I talked all that shit. Being, I'm TJ Warren. Like, that's, that's fun to spin it TJ Warren has to look in the mirror and come to the realization of like, fuck, I'm TJ Warren. That sucks. <laughs> and I live in Indiana. I live in Indiana. The nightlife, though. The nightlife. The Indy nightlife. But I'm TJ Ward. TJ Ward was like, what, their fourth leading scorer today? What happened, TJ? What happened? It's like, yeah, it's just, he's he's a good player, but he's just not number one option on a team good. 14 points today. Four leading uh, scorer. What was his shooting? Seven Uh, for 15. Very average. Yeah, no free throws. Did not get to the line once. 0 of 5 for 3. He doesn't Minus he doesn't seven. tend to get to the free throw line. He's uh somebody somebody tweeted this out. He get he averages like two free throw attempts for every 10 field goal attempts in the regular season. He's he even got to the line eight times. He doesn't foul get free throws a lot. He likes to he's he likes to get his shots up. So he'll get a balanced shot, uh floater. He loves that floater. The floater's pretty good, but it's just it, it's tough when you're you know your shot's not falling. You're not getting to the free throw line. Like what else can you contribute? He's not a great passer. He's average at like average or decent at everything else, uh, and they just don't have enough answers. I mean, like, I, I think I like Miami Brogdon as a player. Yeah, like Brogdon is a good player, but he's not number one. He's not ISO Dragic for points in clutch time good. No. Funny to say that, right? 
<laughs> Dragic is like one of the Dragic is by the way I think he's in like the 90th percentile for uh, isolation players in the league like I we, we kind of joke about that but like he's legit like one of the best isolation players in the league because he's you know Dragic and Jimmy are probably the two guys on the team that can like consistently get separation uh, Tyler's kind of getting there and I know that you Frankie were kind of hard on Tyler saying that like, he doesn't really get separation that well and while you're right he's he's kind of being able to create space lately especially attacking yeah. guys that are like on secondary actions and what i've liked most about him kind of coming into the bubble and, and the playoffs and everything he's not just looking to shoot right so like earlier tyler's always looking for the shot always looking for that little step back he has a lot in the bag now he's attacking seams he's whipping the ball across court he's looking for other guys to get involved like the playmaking has come so fast for him that i mean he's not i mean the player that he is today and the player he was in January are completely different people. And maybe you can look at the, and I haven't looked like too closely at the numbers, but I'm sure that the numbers are similar enough, especially the points in the shooting, but just the decision-making, the, the, the floor vision, he's completely different. Oh yeah. No, the pre-bubble Tyler was the one who had uh, issues with separation, but ever since he's been in the bubble, he's, he's been able, a different player. Uh, we've talked about this, that this is kind of like his second season leap uh, in a way. And he's just been way more comfortable. The game's slowing down. His pace is, is way better. So he's not rushing into mistakes, rushing into quick shots, rushing into bad passes. And uh, he, everything's more out balance at his own pace. And he can he's seeing things a lot faster. So it's helping his passing. His passing has been tremendous. He had that, that uh, whip pass inside to kelly for the layup that yep. was gorgeous he had a uh, the he for drove the in the three. lane kicked that out for goron and wide open uh it's beautiful he's his passing's been amazing he's jack i know that you, we we gave him a hard time on draft night but he's been everything that we wanted everything that we i think that christian said that he has to be uh like one of the best shooters in the league uh, to make the pick viable, right? And we were so wrong about that. And not only has he become a really, really good shooter, he's the, the way that he gets to the free throw line, he got to the line like eight times today. I think it was six of eight or something. Uh, that's huge. I mean, getting to the free throw line with him and with that jump shot and with his really tight dribble, I mean, I, I made the comp before calling him kind of like Lou Williams, and I didn't think he'd be able to get the free throw numbers. I might have even been wrong about that, and I think Lou Williams is really good. Yeah, I mean, I remember... I mean, we were incredibly hard on him. Draft As we night. are on draft yeah. night with everybody, you know? Yeah, Seku. <laughs> Could have had Seku. From tight muscles, tight workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worslin, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with a revolutionary TheraGun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments he created theron to bring you cbd products done right a lot of cbd products claim organic but can contain up to 30 percent filler and these fillers are potentially toxic theron tests their products four times before they get it to you every product is usda certified organic grown in the u.s and their cbd extracts are the highest quality available anywhere 
Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 17th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, then send it back for a full refund within 30 days. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire. But only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Um, but no, I mean, I was sold the minute I saw him um, in Summer League. I mean, just an unreal shot. Like, But I mean, I agreed with Christian where, you know, we kind of agreed that he would have to be this otherworldly shooter to be even even be like a viable NBA rotation player. But I'm on, honestly even coming around on that. Like, not that the shooting's not impressive, but that so much else in his game has impressed me. Like, especially since the COVID shutdown, like we talked about the passing and the finishing. Like, I mean, his arms are so short. <laughs> like, we, I alligator mean, arms. we never Guys thought he could get arms. there. We never thought he could get here as a as a finisher like he's so contact through contact too i mean it's um i'm gonna say this and it's not it's gonna sound like hyperbole but it's it's kind of like curry-esque i don't mean he's like going to be curry (laughs) but i mean like in terms of like he's not strong he's not particularly like otherworldly fast or whatever but like he's crafty around the rim he knows how to use the backboard well like that he like finds a way to get points around the rim despite all the physical shortcomings. Like he's not built like a guy who should be getting any points near the rim. And the thing about him uh, where, where I like the Curry comparison, it's not that he's going to be the level MVP level uh, world game changer like Curry is. Uh, it's just how they defend him. He's got the threat of the step back. He's got the sidestep and there. So, and he's got a good shot. They're going to go over him, uh, over screens and over DHOs on him all the time. So he's going to have the lane. It's just about him having the speed, having the tight handle, and using the finishing. So now they're playing up on him because he's he's been so good with the floater that now he can blow by them and get to the rim. So it's it's all a progress uh, process of, of all his other skill sets and him using them uh, effectively enough to to get to the rim. And and his finishing has gotten so much better. His touch around the rim has, has been phenomenal on the glass, and it's it's really encouraging to see. I the see, th- I see a little Booker in him. Ooh, so still I, not as good as Justice. It's not as good He's as Justice. Not Kevin as good Booker's, as Justice. Good He's player, Booker not with, as good with as full Justice. white parents. <laughs> <laughs> he so with Tyler, like with Steph, I think the big thing with him is the handle. I think that the dribble, and I think when people talk about Steph. And everybody talks about the shooting and everything, but I probably think what's almost as important as the shooting and what oftentimes creates the shooting is the handle and how he's able to, with a really good tight dribble. Now, Tyler, Tyler's obviously doesn't have the Steph or Kyrie handle, but you know, for, for a rookie guard, I mean, I think it's really, really good and really, really promising. Not that he has to get to that Curry level, but I mean, he can, he can realistically seek unassisted threes, which I think is going to be really huge for this team going forward, as we saw tonight. And that's going to open up the lane so much more. And he has, 
I, it's such a cliche, but dude, the dude has a good mentality about it. Really looks to attack, not passive. I mean, like we look at a guy like Andre, who's a really smart player. Uh, obviously, like doesn't look to shoot anymore, right? Like he's not looking at the basket in, in a way that sometimes hurts the team and sometimes helps it. I mean, he's a really smart player, but I, I think he's just kind of aware of his limitations at times. And Tyler is kind of the opposite. He's always looking at how to get to the basket, how to get guys involved. Like teams don't. There was a play that that fast break between Andre and Jimmy Butler. Right, that it ended with Jimmy Butler not even getting free throws. Right, it may may or may not have been contact, but I knew that Andre was going to pass the ball to Jimmy on that break. Uh, Oladipo knew who was on the play. I think it was Oladipo and Turner. Uh, everybody knew that Andre was going to give that up for Jimmy. Right, and I think that Tyler is a guy that if he's in that situation, you don't know what's going to happen. He can pull up. He can pull up from mid. He can pull up from deep. He can go to the rim, or he can dump it to Jimmy, or he can give it to a trailer. Right, that's. That's the dimension that you add when you're a guy like that that looks to score and looks to, to play make. He's good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the growth. I mean, we can talk about the skills as like isolated skills right now, but like just the growth, the fact that like his handle has become more deliberate, it's become better, like more crafty. It's purposeful. Yeah, it's purposeful. Like I trust him more in these situations. And like, yeah, I mean, Spoh's we talked about. Him. When does Spo trust a young player like that in a playoff? What? For real. I mean, I mean, we talked about it in the playoff preview that I was a little worried about our young players. But, like, with Hero, it's – I mean, he just doesn't have that mentality. You said it. And the fact that, like, as opposed to him in January, where he was promising in January, I really liked him in January. But, like, he does things that a rookie doesn't do now. Like, where he's looking to pass, where he's – he's not just looking out for himself like that – he like whipped it across the court to Jake Crowder and it saved a possession. He had a few passes that just completely saved possessions this game. Like the fact that he's that multifaceted, like where you don't know what he's going to do. And also just, you know, just has this one pure incredible skill that is shooting. Like, I mean, the future is bright. Like he's only 20 years old. This is his first year technically. So, so that, that makes it really, so like his, we talked a lot about his play today and I think that's great. But the thing that I, I thought was interesting about today in, in reference to him was Spo for the second time went with him to close and Duncan was not on the floor. And at first, you know, I mean, I think the game got to as close as nine and I, I was thinking, okay, well, Duncan played a lot of the third quarter. He's probably tired. And then he kind of they kind of rested early in the fourth. And then he kind of never came in. And I was like, ah, the lead, the game's kind of won. I mean, that fourth quarter felt incredibly low stakes. Even when Indy cut it to nine, it was like, okay, whatever. That That's cute, you know? Let's go home, Nate McMillan, you know? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I want to see in a high-stakes situation. Do you guys, Frankie, do you think that, like, he, Duncan's going to be a guy that's off the floor? I mean, I... I want Duncan on the floor when it matters. I know that to me, he's their third best player. He's there for sure. I mean, their offense is like 116 when he's on the court and 109 when he's off. <laughs> that's that's a yeah. huge difference. Uh, they're minus like three net rating when he's off and like plus nine when he's on. I mean, he's he's ridiculous for them. I mean, he's, he's a, a difference maker. And for him not to be on the floor in leverage situations because perhaps he's not the best dribble drive creator, can't really handle the ball. I'm kind of curious as to what you think there. Well, um, one thing to take into account is that Miami's led uh, at, at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, had comfortable leads in both uh, games so far. So that might be something to take into consideration. 
Duncan, I could see Duncan in a game where they need some offense, uh, need, need a little push. But in that kind of situation, you kind of just want uh, – you have five ball handlers on the court with that um, Dragic, Hero, Jimmy, uh, Iguodala, and Bam lineup. So you have five guys you can trust to handle the ball, three guys that you really trust defensively. Uh, and 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 Dragic and, and Hero, um, they, they try on defense, so that helps. But uh, – if if they need offense, I definitely think Duncan could could come in instead of Hero. It, it might be one of those things where it's depending on who has it going. Yeah, I think it's definitely situational. I think you kind of got it right on the money where Hero gives them an extra ball handler. Um, I don't think the Pacers' offense is that um, explosive. Where um, you know we were talking about how a nine point lead feels pretty safe even with like an entire quarter left. Like, that's kind of ridiculous, and that just goes to show what this matchup is like. Like, the Pacers aren't going to necessarily rattle off, like, four threes in a row and, like, put you in that kind of threat. So I think what Hero gives you is the ability to control the pace and kind of control the flow of the game more. Whereas with Duncan, I think if you're in a shootout, I think you'd be the guy you go to. Like, you want that guy who can ignite. But I think that was purely lead maintenance, like – yeah, <laughs> you know, like so they're not actually, trying to extend. So <laughs> I I think what you said is interesting for two reasons. One, I actually think that with Duncan you can really control tempo a lot because you can run a lot more DHOs. So you can you can if you really want to speed up the game you can do so, or you can kind of run a lot of like little sets and then end it with the DHO because you know the shot you're gonna get pretty pretty quick. So as of Tyler, he's not really like the main trigger. He's more like the second or third valve right off of a Jimmy or Goran. Uh, let's set so that's that's where i kind of disagree with you the other thing is when i look ahead like i'm i'm off the pacers like, i'm off indy like i don't care what indy does i mean this series is fucking over it's it's four games it's a sweep it we're done this, this is you're over. ready for you're ready for dj augustine i'm ready for dj augustine and i'm ready for nick vucevic so i'm thinking like how are the magic gonna defend <laughs> how, how are the magic gonna defend this closing lineup and not like in in reality like and to be honest with you guys it fucking feels good that we're just like, you know what? This first round series, I'm not worried about. I mean, like, even the last time they made the second round against the Hornets, that was a fucking dogfight. Mm. You know, Dwayne in the purple shirt guy, Goran's yeah. monster game seven, right? Like, that was a Kemba Walker living at the free throw line. I was, I was stressed. Kemba and Jeremy Lin. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. You couldn't breathe on Jeremy Lin. He was getting to the free throw line. That was when Hassan was doing all those no uh, little headbands. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we're here laughing at Goran giving fake CPR to Jimmy on the floor and Jimmy telling Tyler, tag me in your tiki talk. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. this is no, they're having fun out there. It's they're playing with house money right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is golden. I miss this. They're but also this such like, a young team. Like, yeah. you know, whereas in 2016, like where, when they're playing the Hornets and the Raptors, like – they had young players on that team, but it was an old team. Like you, Joe Johnson. Yeah, Joe Johnson. Luol Deng was like your second best player on that team. Like that team needed to win then, or they were never going to win anything past that. Whereas this team, like, yeah, I mean, partly it's because the series is a lot less competitive than it was against the Hornets, but it's also like the future is so bright for like Hero and Bam, and like I think they clearly realized that. Yeah, they're playing with house money that like you know maybe another star is coming soon maybe this is not this is not the best iteration of this heat team like bam is absurdly young hero is absurdly young 
Duncan's pretty young. Like Butler, I mean, he's the one like kind of wild card, but like he's pretty consistently good. I don't think he's gonna drop off anytime soon. Um, They're playing for crop. the second round. Like we're playing. Like this team is so good, and their offense. And honestly, like we've talked a lot and we've banged a loud fucking drum all year about the defense as a concern. And I'm not like totally. I mean, they've been better in the playoffs and they're switching a ton more and they're doing a lot of things and they're competing and Goran's playing a lot better and Jimmy's a lot more engaged. So like the defense has improved and I'm still, I still have concerns. Uh, if God forbid they have to play a Kemble Walker or if they get to the Raptors and they have to play those really fast guards, right. That, that, that I still have questions about hero and Dragic and all that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, we're looking, we're looking at the bucks and we're looking at conference finals. I think that, I think that that's a reasonable goal, and I think that will we see Milwaukee struggle against Orlando, and I, I think with the Heat success against him in the regular season, maybe it's a little naive or maybe it's a little cocky Heat fan to think, but I think that you know, like if they don't if they don't push the Bucks to like six or seven games, I think that we're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I definitely see that. Like, like well, me and Jack are talking about playing with house money. It's just like we expected them to win the first round against Indiana, but anything after that, like you're pretty much satisfied like barring a sweep against Milwaukee or something like that. That's that's, I think that would be pretty much the only way we would be disappointed or like a serious injury. But uh, the way this season's gone, the way last off season went, everything just ha- like has been going the Mi- Miami's way for, uh, for a while that we're just like, eh, we're, like we're, we're happy. We're satisfied. We don't have to watch this on white side play. I, listen, I watched James Hassan Johnson. play in Portland. Matt, did you, I know you missed that Blazers game. It was pretty fun watching Hassan. It was pretty, much, it was pretty fun watching Hassan block LeBron. I got to be honest with you. You know what's really fun? Watching Hassan on another team. Exactly. <laughs> that is so fun. Because exactly. you don't have to deal with the laxes in defense. You, know? yeah. you don't have to deal with Him that. Him hunting rebounds and blocks. No, no, no. I'm Not good. a problem. I'm good. Not <laughs> a problem. All day. 10 days. I love, listen, I'm all in on Ben. All... Dude, they're, the Heat offense is so legit. Like, I... I, I didn't I, I was kind of halfway through the point but I pivoted uh, a second ago but like you know we complain about the defense a lot and we whine and everything but the offense that's been I mean I remember preseason I was like yeah you know like if Jimmy <laughs> Butler can kind of get them to top 12 offense you know if he can because their offense was pretty rough especially without Wayne Ellington it was a uh, it was a yeah. dumpster fire it was a lot of uh but that goes into Nikaias's piece it was not just the, yo by the, the way problem- read that Yes, read read Nikai's on fiveresonsports.com. Uh, check that out. Nikaias Duncan, our own statistician and pun master, wrote a great piece about the Heat offense and Spo, and it's one of the best things. Man, that guy, he's one of the best people I've ever met in my life, one of the hardest workers, one of the most talented, smart, thoughtful, great people. Go read his work, and there's way more of him to come. That guy has the best future ahead of him. Brighter than Absolutely. Bam and Duncan and Tyler. <laughs> Nikaias' no future. Ceiling. No ceiling. No ceiling. No ceiling. The ceiling is Zach Lowe and even higher. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking so, yeah, of to your Bam, point, though. Frankie. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I was, talk- yeah, oh. I, yeah, yeah, I was saying, yeah, a lot of the issue, me and Nick Cash, we talked about this last year all the time. It's that part of the reason their offense was so good when Wayne was on the court was that they finally ran stuff off the court, off the ball. They ran and they occupied the help defense and it made life so much easier on the ball. For everybody, when you occupy help, there's nobody to, to pick at the at the ball when you're driving. There's nobody to bother you to, to rotate over it when it and it makes everything so much easier. Now they're doing that all the time. Whether Duncan's on the court, Hero's on the court, 
They're they're running. They're setting screens. They're moving off the ball. They're cutting. They're doing so much more uh, offensively than they were in years past. And that's credit to Spo, which shows that coaches can evolve, coaches can grow. And Spo has con- consistently showed that when he hits a roadblock, he's gonna he's gonna punch through that road uh, that wall and get better. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are back in the NFL. Watch NFLSundayTicket.tv. You could stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite device. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So, with Spo, like, I think it's really funny how there was there were conversations that he wasn't that good or like he's been carried by LeBron, and I think those people are clearly not 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 only not watching the games, but they aren't understanding what he's schematically doing, how flexible he's been. And how he's installed systems that <clears throat> really maximize a lot of role players. And now when there are legit stars and people with promise, uh, it's it's been to the moon and back. It's yeah. been incredible. So something I really wanted to get into because it's been it's probably been the only thing of concern this series. Derek Jones Jr. hasn't looked very good. <laughs> uh Derek they're bleeding. I think Derek was a minus like eleven or twelve today. Um yeah, the only like negative player in the heat. Yeah. Uh, in 13 minutes, really not good. Yeah. The game before that, Nikias and I and us were talking about like it's, it's been rough, and uh, I'm kind of wondering. So if like if Derek becomes unplayable against Milwaukee, because it might. I mean, listen, and I we've joked a lot on the show for years about the DJ Augustine minutes when he was in Indiana and how the Pacers literally could not survive three minutes of DJ Augustine because LeBron and Dwayne saw blood and they were trapping those picks hard as fuck and they were turning them over and Indiana literally could not live without George George Hill on the floor. And not that it's going to be that extreme because Derek's not a ball handler. They're really having him play a lot of like four now. Uh, there's not really a lot of minutes for him at the three where, where he's more comfortable with. And when you play him at the four, you know, they really require him to be a, a screener in the high pick and roll for Gorn and Jimmy not it's good because it gets him downhill bad because he's like really skinny and not a good screener um and i i think the defense has left a lot to be desired on the table obviously not a shooter and i'm kind of wondering like going forward like are they just gonna go to eight are they gonna reintroduce none i don't really think playing myers is the answer i mean i don't think adding another big to the rotation is a solution uh do we see solomon hill who i thought you know solomon's our boy not gonna lie uh but you know Played well when he got time on the floor. Is a reliable shooter. Uh, can tr- crossover master. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I have concerns. I would like to see some Solomon Hill, like instead of Derek Jones. I think my my first instinct is that they just shorten the rotation, just cut him out. We're doing Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you're not traveling. Like there is like a lot of wear and tear that gets cut out just because you're in a bubble. Nobody's traveling. Like, I I do think that you can kind of afford that, um, and I think that would that would be the best move. I would love to see Solomon Hill. The reason I don't think we do is because I just don't think he got enough run in the regular season. Where, 
I mean, maybe if you get some garbage time in this Pacers series, maybe they pull him out or maybe they pull none out. But, like, I, I just don't see um, Spo putting him in given how little run he got in the regular season. And, you know, you know, Spo's crazy. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't – I feel stupid predicting anything. Like, I didn't think he was going to take Myers out of the rotation. But, like, um, I don't think that's going to be the move. I would – I think – say they should go to eight if they find Derek Jones to be unplayable, which I do so, think he has been unplayable. So Kelly played 12 minutes today, which I didn't even think he was bad. I mean, when they went to the BAM Kelly two big lineup, uh, they had a lot of success. And that's really when they got the lead back in the second quarter. And then they really never looked back. Uh, and they weren't even playing that well, but I really thought that high-low game with BAM and Kelly is really good. Uh, but Kelly played 12 minutes and and, and uh, Derek played about 13 uh, so that's a lot of guys playing 30 minutes. Jimmy played 37. Bam played 32, and that was because he had foul trouble early. Gordon played 32. Tyler played 34. You know, Andre is an older guy at 28. Uh, Duncan playing only 25 is a little weird, but, you know, I'm sure that'll change. And, and, and you know, I, I don't really know if shortening the rotation is the answer. I mean, they're already really – there's a heavy load of minutes on guys, and I know that they had a long layoff, and this is a sprint, right? to the conference finals you know they've had a lot of rest their bodies are good but and i, and I know spo likes I, I spo usually keeps a nine-man playoff rotation so i don't know i'm not a big fan of like really heavy minutes on those guys but i know I, against the bucks you know maybe that's going to be what they have to do but how uh, heavy would, is it? it it's not that he- I mean, I mean, a lot of guys are playing 30 plus minutes yeah you know but I mean? like, like i mean you just said like kelly only played 12 minutes if he absorbed all of their Jones's minutes. He's not even playing 30 minutes. He's playing like 25 minutes. And like Crowder only played 25 minutes. I do think like just give those minutes to Crowder and Olenek and like you know, that's yeah, fine. I don't know. Round out. Yeah. I would try I would like you're playing with house money. You're going back home uh up 2-0. You might as well try Solomon or Nunn. See if you, they can give you anything. Once you finish oh, I think Nunn's done though. I think Nunn is done too. I but think I'm saying, Nunn's done. I, I mean, I would rather give Solomon because I, I, I'm just a a fan of wings uh, in general and, and rotations, especially he's a bigger wing. He can help uh, stop the monster that is uh, TJ Warren. Can even say that monster with a straight face? <laughs> but, do you um, think that they, do you think if they play the Bucks, they go back to none? Cause like he's, I know that he's not been hitting the pull up, but with the drop scheme that they run, that could be a way he's a guy that, that Jack is just furiously shaking his head. I don't think none sees any like real minutes the rest of the playoffs. I think I think they look really good right now. Like I think especially their guard like Goron looks way too good for you to even like consider putting like Goron That's a Hero, lot of minutes. Like, I don't want Goron playing thirty minutes. I don't want yeah, Goron playing. Like Hero minutes. looks really good too. Like their other guards look fine. Um when we talked I about like dividing minutes. I think that the first like first course of and Goron's been great. First course of Atkins to get Goron under thirty minutes. That's a lot for him. Yeah. I, I mean I would agree with that. I I just don't see where you put none back in. Like I, he wasn't good, and I don't think he's he gives you anything that like you desperately need, especially during the Bucks. Like the Bucks series, like he's not a smart defender. It's not like he's giving you more on that end. And like I the think shooting the is what you want, yeah. Yeah, but like the pull up wasn't falling, and I don't think it's good enough to like risk it. Like again, if you see garbage time minutes, like yeah, but. I mean, we're talking about playing with house money, but in this Buck series, I do really want to see them be competitive, if only because this is like the highest national stage they'll be on. I want 
I want to see Bam do really well and like, you know, like gain a national reputation as that dude and Duncan gain a reputation as that dude. Because honestly, like a ton of people still don't know who Duncan Robinson is. And a ton of people still don't know how they're going good. To learn today. Yeah, they're Indiana going to does. learn in the Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> Indiana does. Anybody who's played them knows. But like, you know, in a Bucks series, like you're getting national attention in a way you haven't gotten all season. And like a lot of people don't know how good Bam is yet. A lot of you people mean, don't you mean know the Magic who series. Is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like I mean, that's that's the thing. Like I want to see them push it to six or seven and just be competitive in a way that showcases one how great a coach Spo is, how amazing a shooter Duncan is, and how promising a superstar Bam will be. Like, I, then, I, yeah. no, go Frankie. It's no, a tryout and, for Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Miami would have the coaching advantage most definitely against Milwaukee. Um, but uh, I, I'm with <laughs> Orlando. Uh, but you know, in, in in the next round, um, Miami definitely needs to, you know, sort out the, the back end of the rotation with DJJ. Because if he's unplayable against Indiana, there's no way you can play him against Milwaukee or Orlando. Um, especially with how shorthanded Indiana is offensively right now. Um, they a little bigger? You think Myers may get a little play? I, I'm, I'm more for Solomon because of how he's looked in the bubble. Uh, we haven't seen Myers in the bubble, so I don't, I wouldn't break case break that glass right now uh but portland has said that playoff myers is a thing so maybe you never know i wouldn't I mind just, seeing myers i'm yeah. just I, I have concerns what he can do defensively and i know that i know that the numbers bear out that he helps them but i i, I don't know i don't really trust it the other thing is you know a lot all season they haven't done a they've done a lot of bam at center but they've 100% lead into it that just the minutes that Bam's not at center as a lone big has been anomalous. Uh, and I read this, this uh, Bam stat that uh, Cooper Moorhead just posted. Please, we love Cooper. Okay. Through two games, here's Bam on the floor. Plus 42, 131.8 offensive rating. Now, when he's off the floor, it's uh, minus 21, a 78.7 offensive rating. In the two that's games, the yeah, the Pacers? That's in the oh. Pacers series, that's yeah, that's, that's Bam. Game. at the <laughs> No, that it's, there were a lot of like centerless minutes with like Jimmy and Jay and those little two bigs with Derek, especially with that foul trouble. Yeah, Bam didn't have a great like. I mean, he had a quiet performance. I thought he played well, but I mean, if you look at the stats, not like an incredible game, but like he yeah, just he didn't he have a great box score game. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not a culture. stat. He had watcher. a good culture game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you box score watchers don't know about the culture. You know, learn the you game. Learn the game. <laughs> you gotta really learn the game. God, I miss Spoon. So yeah, much. I mean, he centers <laughs> the team. He's such a smart player. Like, I mean, look, I mean, I'm not. I can't get into every little thing he did because I'm not that smart. I'm very stupid. But um, aren't we all? Yeah, I not mean, Frankie. Not Frankie. Two no. <laughs> K coach. You're yeah, above us. I'm not a two K coach. I'm not a statistician. I'm just kind of of a guy who talks. You're a trash tweeter. You're yeah, a trash I'm a trash tweeter. tweeter and I'm a trash talker. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he's just, he knows where to be on the floor. He's an incredible passer. And like, even if he gets like, what did he end with? Like seven points? Like he's still making this incredible impact on the team. Like, I'm sure he had screen assists too. He had 17 his... points. 
He had 17 he? points. No, he had he 17, 10, and 6, and you're saying bad box score. There's wow. no way. Bam out of bio? That is the quietest 17 and 10. I don't think he had 17. Oh, that was game one. My bad. My bad. My bad. That was game one. That was game one. That was game one. I was he had seven, five, and four. Yeah, yeah that's. What, had, I was like, "Holy shit, seven, where'd those seventeen come from?" Yeah, but he was he led the team in plus minus, like he was plus nineteen. Like he's the real deal, even when he's. Not I mean, scoring. they can't run. So when Kelly doesn't play a lot, like they can't run the dribble handoff stuff as well. And, and I or the pick I, and roll. I, no, no, absolutely. It was a lot of Derek screening, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really like when they're doing DHOs with guards. So like Tyler. In the beginning, I thought it was a fun idea, but like sometimes Tyler and Duncan run it together, and it's just not been good because it's just a really switchable thing. It's yeah. like it's a no-brainer for teams, so they can't really get what they want off of it. So, uh, and Kelly only played twelve minutes, so they didn't get a lot of that. Also, um, but yeah, I mean yeah, that's kind of looking forward. Yeah, the guard-to-guard uh, DHOs are more so if like one uh, one or both of them can attack with like a just the slightest angle. And Hero can, but I, I guess he's just not at that level yet where he's comfortable on, like, a quick grab and go. And I think maybe he can get it. I mean, so today, Duncan uh, Tyler faked the DHO and went to the basket, which is very Kelly Olynyk-esque. I love that. I want more of that. Yeah, his reads are, are improving so much. One thing off the ball, he, he definitely needs to get in the gym with Duncan so he can learn to move off the ball like him. Uh, he's, he's decent uh, to pretty good at, at the scramble drill. But when it comes to just like running off screen, running motion, constantly moving to get open, uh, he needs to work on that. He, you can tell he's definitely played a lot with the ball in his hands coming up. So something that, and this is just speculation, I'm sure that somebody who's around the team more often would be able to answer. But like, uh, I, you know, the fact that Ray Allen still lives in Miami, and I, I think from what I understand, Ray has had a repaired relationship with the organization. Uh you know, if a guy like Ray, you know, if Tyler could get a real off season and Duncan too, with a guy like Ray, I think that'd be huge. And I think a guy like, and I know that uh, Tyler said that Mike Miller has been in contact with him uh, when they were on that the bubble break or the the, the before the restart or whatever, uh, which is huge. But like a guy like Ray Allen, you know, I think a lot of really really great players have a difficult time explaining their greatness. That's why Michael Jordan's a bad talent evaluator, and that's why ten those high top. 10 players of all time type stuff tend to not be the best coaches. But a guy like Ray Allen is, is very, he's a product of mechanics and hard work and labor. And I think a lot of that's teachable. You know, I even remember, I mean, Dwayne Wade shot was his best free throw percentage ever when Ray Allen was here. Cause he was able to help with that. And I think having a guy like that, um, helps you a ton. And I, I would like to see stuff like that in the, like when they have a real off season, how he could help improve them in that sense. Yeah, I would like to see them help with uh, with the free throw shooting, just like you said, because, I mean, it's bad. Like, just with, in general, I mean, he's a guy that can move off the ball. I mean, he's the best off-ball mover ever. Yeah, know? he's Ray Allen. Which, by the way, I, I I tweeted this out of the Heat Beat account. Does Ray Allen have a top three shooting season? With the, is Ray Allen a top three Heat shooter of all time? No, I don't It's think Wayne that. and it's Duncan. I mean, Wayne had the best shooting season ever before Duncan was on a Heat, in a heat uniform. Now it's Duncan, like, clearly. And then yeah. what is number three? Jason Capono? I mean, Jason Capono was a fucking badass from three here. I mean, who's in the conversation? Glenn Rice, uh, Jason Eddie Capono, Jones. Eddie Jones. Uh, Eddie Jones, like, low-key had a really good he's, – he's, like, second all-time in threes for the Heat. And he, he shot, like, 38% down here. Yeah. I looked it up. I looked it up. I don't have this memorized. 
I think Capono, so I'm pulling up the Capono numbers. It was something ridiculous. So in his in his best Miami season, he was a 51% three-point shooter. Off only three attempts, though. We have to we have to put the grade on a <laughs> curve for the though. times. You know, he was a product of the times. Uh the year before I, that, he was 39%, almost almost 40%. I love looking at Capono uh, in a jersey and just remembering the fashion of that time because he does not look like a Heat player now in the same build. Like he does not look like he's gone through heat conditioning. His <laughs> arms—he's got flabby arms. He looks like like a bro hanging around Bayside in a Heat jersey after a Which game. It's weird because that's when Pat coached. Yeah, you're exactly. right. Oh my god! Look at his arm. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. That guy looks like a skater, bro. Who is the you know person who most? Who least looks like a Heat player? I'm all in with Luke Babbitt. Luke yeah. Babbitt, um, you might have it there. I think Luke Babbitt. I think that's a winner. Dexter Pittman. Oh, Dexter Pittman. You're Dexter right. Pittman, the Heat player. Come on. <laughs> do you remember? Do you guys remember when Spolstra's like big move was like, you know what? When the chips were down, when the season was on the line, going into Indiana, a much scarier Pacer team at a time when the world felt like it was falling apart. And Spoh's big move. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're starting Dexter Pittman at the five. Let's go, Roy Hibbert. I was so excited. That was... I I just... I think people don't understand why Hassan was such an enticing player for the Heat. But it was because they went, like, four (laughs) years with no center. Like, no guy who could grab a rebound. the pain we went through. But, like, the way that, like, Eric Reed and Tony Fiorentino talked about, like... Trilly makes fun of this all the time. The way they talked about like Hassan grabbing rebounds, they're just like so proud of him for like just pulling down any rebound. And it's just because like well. for the past <laughs> half decade, they just didn't have a guy like that. They had nobody. Like I mean, Bosch is an incredible center, but like they were just outsized in every like it was a pre-small ball league for the most part. And they were yeah. the only small ball team in yeah, in a pre-small ball league and like they were just getting muscled out. Like if that was the, like there was like one big fault of the big three heat. And it was that it was rebounding. And that's why Hibbert gave them such problems. Like, even though he's not, you know, he's not an incredible player. Like, like they just got muscled out. And like, then you get Hassan who, you know, for all his flaws, blocked <laughs> some very cool shots and pulled down some very impressive rebounds. And it was just like in the air, like arms up, like, <laughs> nothing we had seen before and like it didn't matter how bad he was he was exciting like just for that physical presence that we didn't have for like the previous five years it's like when you break up with someone and then you date the total opposite exactly yeah it's like it was also (laughs) the big three like we were we were how many guys that uh prospects or g league guys that they sign after uh, at the end of the bench terrell harris oh the atlanta gave terrell harris though yeah, Greg like Oden, all these guys. I mean, yeah, like there's so many none of those saviors. guys panned out. None yeah. of those guys panned out. <laughs> Eddie Curry, soon, Eddie Curry, NBA champion Ronnie. Chariot. I was about to say NBA champion Eddie Curry to us. <laughs> but you sign you sign all these guys that none of those guys really gave you anything, and then all of a sudden, they, once uh, LeBron leaves, they get Hassan, they get Tyler, they get all these uh, Duncan, they get none, they get they find guys at the bottom of the barrel that you're like. Damn it! Could we we couldn't hit on one of these yeah, guys during exactly. the big three era. Yo, imagine if, if Tyler Johnson and Hassan were with LeBron. I mean, Tyler. I've said this forever. I've given Tyler Johnson a lot of shit. Tyler is like the perfect LeBron guard. Dude yeah, has amazing yeah. hands. Especially, especially, is a good 
shooter, can cut super well, can Rebounds. handle a little bit, defender. Yeah, he's just athletic. he's gonna be three and D guy. Matt, they had a shame. lot of guys like that who honestly probably would have stuck with the Heat had LeBron been there. Like honestly, like a guy who you know not impressive at all, but Justin Hamilton. Like somebody like Jay that. Hill. That's <laughs> the kind of guy. Say Justin, did you stop? That's the kind of guy that like LeBron could like sneakily turn into like a no, 10 game. No, 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 no. I don't this think this is he was not a either. Justin Hamilton apology podcast. It's not an apology. I just don't that like Chris Anderson, who was like old and out of the league and Didn't undersized, was a revelation and like. No, but then they, no, don't disrespect Birdman like that. Don't disrespect Birdman. When they signed Birdman, things were Birdman was out of the league for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, with, <laughs> that's your, I, think that's, I think that's irresponsible. You can't tell me Justin Hamilton is like one, like try that, that much Justin, worse than guy, like Dex. Like, white shooting big. I remember there was a guy because they called him. They George. tried it. It was Josh McRoberts, and that's the reason why. No, 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 it left. wasn't. It wasn't McRoberts. It's it was, not him. It was yeah. during the Big Three era. It was like Harrelson or something, like Chris Harrelson or something like that. Josh, Josh Harrelson. Josh Harrelson. Yeah, George. 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 Yeah. That's George. That's, that's what I'm saying. Work. They had they had so <laughs> many like bottom of the barrel people who like were kind of playable just because they had the Big Three around them. Like I'm not like Justin Hamilton, Stop. the random example. I'm not Stop. defending Justin Hamilton. <laughs> you picked a I'm bad example. Terrible example. Luke Babbitt. Ken Birch. Ken Birch. Like Ken you, Birch. You, you, Ken you Birch are trying to bring back your 2015 Ken Birch takes. Or like, I mean, James Ennis, who is like a decent role player. You're, all, like, you're just recycling your old takes. No, but like, here's what I'm saying is like, James Ennis is like a role player now. But like the reason he didn't work out with the Heat is because they had nobody to handle around him. Like if they had LeBron like with James Ennis, like James Ennis would have like been a decent role player for the big three, just cause that's the power of LeBron. Like do you remember when he wouldn't have had to do anything on Rasul yeah. Butler. And we had oh, decided that yeah, this is the guy we're worshiping now. <laughs> he's a good player. Like, I mean, he's not a bad player. He just, is can't he in, where is he now? What is he on? Ennis? He's not on Memphis anymore. He was on Memphis for a little bit. And then Orlando. James yeah. Ennis. King James. Yeah. Ball reference. He's the role I remember player, how like, I remember how excited we were uh, draft night. They're like, "Oh, he traded second round for this guy." He's in Orlando. Oh, that's guy? right. He was a Philly. He was a Philly last year. I, I will always him. resent the James Ennis stuff because I mean, yeah, like I, I I led part of the hype train, but then like people took it too far, where people were looking at like his open gym workout videos and they were like. Oh, he kind of looks like Kevin Durant here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, you guys are crazy. Like, that's the opposite of what we do on DraftNet, where we just like denounce guys like Bam and Tyler, and they're like the linchpins of our success. We've learned though, we can't do that to Kentucky guys. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro athletes Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing about fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.